Hi, this is Tempest. And this is Katazua. And we are on Heartthrobs and Broomsticks, where we talk about Twisted Wonderland uh, by Disney, um, where uh, a bunch of crazy Disney villain-inspired boys, like, somehow oomphed together with Hogwarts stuff, and now we have a crazy um, gotcha game. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, first episode came out a little bit ago, and we kind of did a general process overview with that, and now we're, um, one event has come and gone, which was for the, uh, House, um, Octavinil, um, where we got to get some extra experience and extra items for all of our uh, under the sea faring friends with the release of the story for uh, that house. However, um, we are now almost immediately into the next event, um, which is, I would say, possibly one of my favorite type of events. Because it's basically the Iron Chef event. Um, did you... I remember vaguely, forever ago, playing Star Ocean 2 with you, and, like... And, like... Oh, yeah. There was, like, the... That was, like, the first video game I ever had that had a cooking component to it. Yep, they sure do like the cooking in that game. But I remember, like, the first thing you cooked just came out as, like, or or, or the, when I replayed it, I don't know. I have this memory of I tried to cook something, it came out as inedible, and then <laughs> I never tried the cooking game again. Well, it mimics the real life. You have to keep trying, my friend. Yeah, you have to actually level up the skill in that game. And in Twisted Wonderland, too, there's a bit of that. We'll talk about the system in a moment. Um... I also recently just finished my first playthrough of Suikoden 2, and that had an Iron Chef-inspired minigame as well, um, which is very interesting because there's items and healing items that are the best in the game that you can only get by playing the cooking minigame. I see. You can also only get the best ending for that cooking character by playing the cooking minigame. <laughs> um... What is even your game if it doesn't have a cooking and fishing mini game? Um, and Coliseum needs to have a Coliseum. There you go. Battle Arena is a must. Definitely. Uh, then, uh, what else had cooking mini games? Breath of the Wild's cooking mini game was super fun. Yep, Breath of the Wild, which definitely awesome. had some like I can't remember what it described its like cooking failures as, uh, but they actually like. Uh, what's the word when they, they blur out the food or blur out of image because it's so indescribable? <laughs> oh, they pixelate it? Yeah, they totally pixelated when you make food failures in Breath of the Wild because they're like, you you don't want to know. It's that bad. That bad. <laughs> Genshin also, I mean, it has both the fishing and cooking minigame now. Yeah, I, I started playing a little bit of that. I did one temple, and then I got up to the next one, and I'm like, eh, not feeling it today. I haven't had <laughs> a lot of feeling for trying new things recently, just feeling kind of tired. But that's that's what Twisted Wonderland is great for. You just basically um started up, got 10 lesson points, 
You have their uh, little quips to the teacher lull you to sleep. There you go. So have you managed to make anything other than indescribable burnt messes yet? No. <laughs> Honestly, no. You should uh, no. not take Twisted Wonderland cooking advice from me. That's... Oh, no. So Unless you want to torture your characters with burnt offerings, I am the person to to talk to. That is sad. But we're here to help people out that might be a little confused. How do I cook O Tempest, the wise one in the great Twisted Wonderland? Okay, so part one. Uh, hidden in all the news text. They actually said that they gave you the ingredients for the stuffed cabbage. Uh, which would be meat, cabbage, and onion. So you have to have the right ingredients or the recipe will just straight up not come out. So right. what I have just given is not a spoiler in the least. Um, so with that, part of this game is actually, um, going through and making guesses as to what all the ingredients are for each recipe. That being said, straight up, once again, in the game text, it specifies the picture might not represent the actual ingredients, so you can't even use that as a clue. Um, if you want to play the guessing game, you can, however... Burn offerings. Yeah, I would recommend just going on to a Google search, a wiki, uh, once yeah. again, uh, Mira Hees, M-I-R-A-H-E-Z-E, -E. um, that's like the best, one of the best Twisted Wonderland wikis in English. The Japanese players have had this event already. They know which ingredients goes into each thing. Yeah, twistedwonderland.fandom.com also has uh, the ingredients list for each. So, yeah. So unless you have the exact right ingredient, it's not going to make a good recipe for you. Uh, so part two is why do this at all? Um... So it gives you tokens. Those tokens can be exchanged for uh, at least three normal keys and also um, three magical keys. So one, one pull each and also one culinary crucible magical key. Um, so with that, you get some, you know, free new servants, which is nice. Um, or, you know, duplicates with the other ones. Uh, the Magical Key Culinary Crucible allows you to pick uh, one of either Riddle or Silver. So you can get one or the other. Um, and of course, by doing their vignettes, you get a little bit more story, which is nice. That being said, they also release those in the gotcha. So if you are lucky like I am and in a single 10 pull got one of each... You already got that part. There is some story apparently at the end of the event as well, um, which I will experience. I think they said at the end of 
1,000 tokens, 1,000 event tokens. Oh boy, that's a lot of cooking. It is, but you start to get more tokens each time as you get better. Oh, for sure. I guess, like, if you do a perfect meal, it would be 30, wouldn't it? Uh, I haven't gotten there yet, so I can't speak to it exactly. I will say that, um, you get bonus rewards for cooking. Um, just in your, the normal places where you have your weekly missions and the like. Um, so for successfully cooking a three star of each of the recipes... You will get 20 of the event tokens. And um, by cooking up to 100 times over the course of the event, um, let's see, 30, 40, 50, 60, you'll get 60 gems for your summons. Nice. Yeah. So it's a little free stuff. And let's be real, um, when the, the main story runs dry, it gets a little boring just putting everybody through classes over and over and over again. So it's nice to have something a little different. Um, so with that, um, it's important to note that uh, you have to go out and get your resources. Yeah, there was a, a little talk on how to calculate that because it's better just to calculate it on the amount of time sent than looking at the time ready because I believe it is not set to local time. Oh, maybe they don't have daylight savings on or something like that? No, I believe it's sent to... Someone was saying this could be wrong too, that it's set to Cali time. Oh, huh. Yeah, my brain was just calculating out the the minutes. I think it was something like you can set them for 20 minutes, one hour, two hours roughly three hours and then six hours of it, real meat space time to go and gather these um uh supplies um it it, it is good to note that the name of the the event is the culinary crucible raising the stakes in every single recipe you will be using meat <laughs> yeah um oh, sorry vegetarians so not not a bad idea to just when you're heading off to sleep just send them on their meat crusade to meat land um so they can come back with the the meat hall um sounds meat hall sounds dirty we'll leave it at that um <laughs> so uh, did you notice there was different qualities of each oh, of yeah. the ingredients? You got three, yeah, three different qualities. Um, for each low, medium, and high. Correct. Uh, the wiki recommends, um, starting off with all the, the lower quality items. Problem is you kind of get them randomly. So you might run out of the low quality items and you have to decide whether you want to gain skill on higher quality items. I see. Is it harder or easier, rather, to fail with high quality items? So, the higher quality items will increase your score more and make the judges more pleased. And as per the um, 
we should talk about the plot in a little bit. But as per the plot, um, the uh, judges are randomly picked. Um, so the higher score, I believe, increases your skill a little bit more each time, but also increases the amount of um, of uh, event tokens that you get. Um, so they recommend like using like the low quality to like 25% or so or 50% and then starting to use the silver and then finally the the high quality stuff at like 50% and higher um to grind out those tokens um which by the way uh like i said 1000 tokens to end your story um and to buy a magical key culinary crucible for either riddle or silver you're looking at 1300 tokens that's the goal then yeah and game is always to get the free bsr character but as per always they incentivize doing some rolls first because uh if you have riddle or silver or both of them in your party um that is specifically the um apprentice chef versions when they go out to search for stuff you get an i think it's like an additional five or like basically an additional boost to the quantity of goods that they're bringing back oh that's actually pretty nice that's a lot the way uh sometimes fate grand order does their stuff as you get bonus stuff with the event servant yeah they did specify that um i think I don't know if level affects the amount of stuff you bring back, but they said grievification wouldn't, and I think a vignette level wouldn't. Um, so uh, just they just have to be present in that slot. Um, it's also worth noting that you do, in fact, need a card of riddle and a card of silver in order to do this event and go out and collect anything at all. Um, but you can basically just use your thaw marks and uh, go to the the shop with Sam and uh, go and pick them up um, for not that much thaw marks. Yeah, the school uniform ones are cheap and easy accessible to newer players. Yeah, that way you can play the event. You don't need anything. Everything that you everything that you can just jump in this game and have, you'll be able to have you'll be able to get those two um, characters very easily and just jump right into the event. Um, so I haven't personally made a three star item yet. Um, but basically the idea is, um, through either trial and error or cheesing it through the internet, you figure out your recipe, you use low quality, uh, ingredients to build up your skill. Then you start using silver ingredients, medium ingredients to build up your skill a little bit more. Finally, by the end, you're using your gold high-level ingredients with a higher skill. You will get your um, three-star item and be able to move on to the next item. Of course, I'm sure the three-star items gives you more um, event tokens, which you might just be able to grind out in that way as well. So that's the event in a nutshell. Um, with, of course, at 1000, you get a little bit more story, which I'm looking forward to getting. Um, but do you want to talk a little bit about the story? 
Oh, the story is that Lilia said, Silver, you you got to learn to cook. Stop falling asleep on your sandwich. And <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess Silver wants to do it so that uh, he can learn to be awake. I think he was saying something about increasing his focus. Yeah, focusing to be awake. Yeah. Um Silver, I learned uh, today, actually, is the only character with not a name, a, a last name. Interesting. They're only known as Silver. Obviously, and this child has been kidnapped. I'm pretty sure, because I feel like it's implied that Silver is like a distant relative or something of Sleeping Beauty, and they have like a bit of the curse still yep. on them that makes them go to sleep. Um, because no one knows why they go to sleep so easily. And there's also talk about how, like, birds and woodland creatures will follow them around if they get lost in the forest and everything. <laughs> so, it's highly implied that Silver is Sleeping Beauty Aurora. I think that's Aurora related. Uh, Aurora is a terrible, terrible name to try to enunciate into a <laughs> microphone. Not the best. Um, so that's why Silver's getting into this. Um, why is Riddle getting into this? Riddle? Oh, I actually... <laughs> I forgot why Riddle. Like, he, he says something, but it's... obviously it's a rule thing. It, it comes down to it being so riddle that it just doesn't feel right. I, I'm assuming... So usually, it's usually... It's usually Trey that's cooking for mm. House uh, Hearts Slabul. Slabul? I don't know. Hearts. House Hearts. Um, and technically, I think Trey... I don't know if Trey and Riddle are in the same class level or Trey's a little ahead. But I feel like Riddle's only a second year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's like the prodigy. Yeah, and it's important to note that also as part of this, you're supposed to do, in this college, you're supposed to do things that are, in addition to classes, extracurricular kind of stuff that also gives you credits. And you will, in fact, get one credit if you're deemed successful in this uh, culinary crucible. So he's doing it to be perfect. Yeah, he's just doing it because if I were, he says because I, I, I as house warder and should be able to do all the things and I should be able to cook too. Um, and we've seen him like try to make his own tart and a few other things and other st side story things. So it feels like just a, an extension of Riddle trying to be perfect at all things and possibly efficiently maybe getting... <laughs> getting some side credit so that he doesn't have to spend, he can spend that time studying or helping other students or things like that. I don't know about that. I think he just wants all the credits so he could be like, I have the most credits. Yeah. Like, over the credits. Be like, I took 40 credits this semester when only 20 were required, and I mastered them all. <laughs> Graduating with way too many credits. Oh, my God. I can't say anything. I graduated with two minors and I a major... Mean... If you go to college for your bachelor's and end up with your master's, is it really so bad? That would be cool. I don't know if it works like that, but that would be cool. Um, yeah. 
Who knows? It's magic college. Yeah. I don't know. Master's means you have to do a master's thesis and stuff. And that academia is is a whole question that I cannot speak honestly to, but I've seen my, my friends suffer through it. Um, so with this, um, uh, our lovely, um, not, not house warden, our, our, uh, uh, Dyer Crowley, our, um, the, the, uh, school, what's the word I'm looking for? Mascot? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I suppose so. Um, School. I want to say Magus, but that doesn't make sense. Anyway, you know who I'm talking about. Um, Yasashi, I'm so nice, man. Um, so he puts this together. He, uh, pulls some poor, unfortunate, like, cooks that were from five-star restaurants from the grave. And he's like, you're going to teach these kids how to cook for my enjoyment. Um, because he is... I still pegging him as the most evil of them all i'll we'll, we'll talk about this more when we go over the plot of the um the introduction um so then we get into the two boys explaining why they want to do this and the entire thing um so it's gonna be then we get into this whole plot um now since you've only so far cooked um burnt offerings fit for the gods and not even the ghosts um you probably haven't witnessed the animations of the judges yet i've only witnessed the animations of the judges being tortured to death on burnt offerings oh no okay so the judges um will have various reactions to things and sometimes they don't even they barely even touch their meal. Um, I have yet to have Edia Shroud, like, eat anything other than, like, testing it or poking it or anything. So... Edia's the picky one, huh? (laughs) Actually, now that you um, mention it, there's actually a hierarchy of um, judges, which I wanted to talk about. Um, so we have the lenient judges. So they're the most likely to give something a higher score, eat it, and it actually disappears off the plate, which is really cute. Um, also it's, it's, I just briefly, uh, it's worth mentioning that they just cook everything magically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they do. They just like, they wand it into the oven and yeah. just like fling it it's like they they basically use a frying pan like a baseball bat and i think there's a meat mallet sometimes that's used to like the 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 one student passes it to the other student who then like like hits it with the the mallet or the pan into the magical vortex of the oven kiln like item that that's then... probably why they're having so many issues cooking here <laughs> Not Just because, cook it normally. Not because you don't know what ingredients go in. And, like, there's clearly, clearly a carrot on the side of the um, the steak. But, no, no, there's no carrot in that steak. Uh, that's the only hint I'm going to give 
you guys, if in, in case anybody actually wants to go around and figure out what ingredient is in each of these. Well, um, it's magic, so you just need the magic base ingredients, and the rest is added by sheer willpower. I guess so. Um, so, Thyre Crowley, lenient. Um, I guess ma- that makes sense, because he's so... He's so... Like, I'm so nice, he always professes. Um, Ashton Vargas, um, that would be our uh, gym teacher. Highly influenced by Gaston. I can understand why it wouldn't be a connoisseur of food. Oh, you think? I I don't know. I'm kind of like, I would think somebody that was like into bodybuilding and muscle building would be so direly picky with their food. Um, yeah. So it actually goes contrary to what I think. Um, But also, maybe it's just because everything in here has meat in it <laughs> uh raising the stakes um is the title uh maybe that's why it's like eh, it has meat in it i'm good this is fine <laughs> um trey clover actually we were just talking about trey and how he's the usually the one that uh cooks for house hearts do you feel like that's a good fit for him to be lenient yeah, because he's like the older brother. He's like, good job. You're adorable. Keep cooking. Gold star. The He'll crooked, eat all of it to crooked, make feel better. Crooked rainbow behind it. At least you tried. That's um, it. Deuce, Deuce Spade is also on the lenient uh, judges. I feel like he had a lot of burnt food in his younger days. He's probably like, this stuff's great. <laughs> Actually, did you did you get a little bit of his backstory through stuff yet, or not so much? I know he's the rebel. Like he's like, I'm changed. I'm no longer uh, robbing the corner store of bubblegum. So when you go through his story, uh, through things, you learn that he, his mom was basically only mom, single parent, and he was kind of a trouble child. So with this, he actually tried the best he could to help out his mom. So that would sometimes include cooking, um, bringing multiple bags back um, from the grocery store and the like and everything, too. As long as I'm not mixing up Deuce and Ace here, I'm pretty sure that Deuce also had this kind of similar thing. Goodness sakes, there's so many boys. I'm learning about them all at the same time. Yep. (laughs) Okay. So that's all of our lenient um, ones. Then we get into our reasonable judges. Uh, so that's Jack Howell. Okay. Yeah, that's where I'm kind of at. I feel like so far, I don't know a lot about Jack. Jack's I feel like backstory. he's honest. He's just overly honest. Yeah. Like he's going to be like, this is okay, but I'm hungry, so I'm going to finish eating it. Yeah, he would. He He's. He is 100% a person that just would eat something to be polite because it's what you're supposed to do. But at the same time, he's going to tell you that it was just okay. Yeah, I do feel like that's that's right. I feel like his character so far has been kind of like one note in a way. Um, but we'll, we'll see if that, if that changes going forward. Yeah, he certainly has a sense of personal justice. Pro- justice, pride... Um, 
for for somebody that's not in house hearts he certainly likes rules um abiding by rules and having everybody be um held to their own uh to a, a code of honor um floyd leach is the other second reasonable character <laughs> well i don't know why i find that that funny that floyd is the reasonable one i can only see it as so so some people say that he might have a kind of like a dichotomy to his personality sometimes you hear him his interest peak or wane um where he's either very disinterested in something or like hyper like obsessed interested and possibly having um cognitive uh not normative um you would say um and i can't remember which disorder people maybe adhd or add or something like that yeah he, he definitely has like a very messy room yeah like I, I saw the the spoilers of the room pictures from Japan server and Floyd's room and Jade's room were like <laughs> a, amazing contrast. But yeah, he's a bit of a, a hoarder and a messy person. Oh boy. Um. So I could see this going a few ways. Just like he's so out there, possibly. Um on an autistic spectrum so he's just telling it like it is um i could also see it being that they call him in the reasonable middle ground only because depending on how he's feeling the score will wildly go one way or the other <laughs> yeah i could see yeah. either of these going that way i don't know what do you think about him being reasonable I feel like Floyd would be reasonable and be like, you know, this food's all right. Or like, your food's terrible. Come here, let me squeeze into you how to cook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just like, mm, you know, you know how to make a meat pie, huh? Hey, hey, what are you doing? You, I need some dinner tonight. So, hmm. Yeah, when he's interested, he's very interested. And when he's disinterested, it just turns off like a button um um okay now we get into the strict judges strict judges okay here i'm gonna make an attempt at a last name i'm not sure if it's supposed to be french or german Mm -mm. vil schoenheit okay we could just go vil yeah so vil which is the uh the gradient hair vil um which is i would say the most fashion forward out of the um pomfiore uh house if that food ain't plated so that it looks like it's from a five-star michelin restaurant uh i think it's going in the trash <laughs> and i've seen vil just poke at food and not even try to eat it I i've had him eat my my cabbage rolls like once and it, and it feels bad because I'm like, I made this. Don't let it go to waste. I'm like, somebody will eat it. I'll eat it. I'll go back into the kitchen. I'll eat that rat cabbage roll. You <laughs> sad boy. Um, but I mean, like, it makes makes sense because the, the sense of affluence and the bourgeoisie um, not adhering, uh, desiring a higher level of food makes sense 
it's it's very base characterization, but it makes sense. Um, similarly, Malleus Draconia, um, also in the Bourgeoisie. Uh, I won't eat it unless it's a really good club. Um, oh, Malleus, huh? You know, I kind of disagree with that. Because it's inferred that he's related. Actually, I think he's supposed to be the great-great-grandchild or great-great-great-grandchild of the Thorn Fairy. Yeah. And um, perhaps I'm just used to British and uh, folklore like that with fairies. But there's a lot of like things in folklore where like if you are given something as a fairy, like you're required to take it like a geese <laughs> g-a g-a-e-s so i can't believe that he would just leave things on the plate but once again this is being made from a japan point of view malice um, is his own person he's past the fey society expectations and can just do his own thing and he's just one of those picky eaters where he's just like no i don't like it yeah and they they I- they do lean a little bit more into draconic stuff with him sometimes than the Fae stuff, but they use a little bit of both in iconography for him. Um, second to last judge is Jamil Viper, which uh, Jamil is, of course, the um, servant um, for Callum, who is royalty. So you're talking about like Middle Eastern food for royalty. Yeah, that's what you're competing with. So, uh, not to mention, um, within the story, it's actually said that Callum describes that. Yeah, one day one of my servants made me food, and I got really, really sick. And ever since then, uh, Jamil has made every single meal for me. Um, so, Callum has lots and lots of siblings, but Callum is the first in line for the throne. Which is in direct contrast to Leona, who's second in line, and uh, it can't can't get the throne. So whereas Leona has problems where, yeah, I can't get this throne no matter what I try, unless you know somebody uh, falls off a cliff with some help into a herd of wildebeests. Um, Callum has the problem that he is first in line, and everybody wants to throw him into a herd of wildebeests. Or poison Oops. him. Or poison him. They um, should just swap clothes. They would be probably happier. Just uh, trade identities. <laughs> certainly. <laughs> certainly no one will notice the African person in the... Well, uh, no, it's going to be the ears or the dead giveaway. You'd have to wear <laughs> clip-on ears for the rest of his life. You get one of those, like, stupid, like, Neko Mimi things that, like, moves with, like, electric pulses in your head. Like, certainly That's this it. is fine. Um, yeah, so Jamil makes sense because he's, he has personally basically been a chef for a king, essentially. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's some hard competition. I couldn't even compete with that in the real life, so I can't imagine trying to compete with that in a game. Uh, finally, we have Idiot Shroud. And he is picky, but I am... 
I'm a little puzzled to why he's picky. I think that's because he only lives off uh, instant ramen and Pocky and he considers that the highest cuisine. So even if he had like filet mignon put in front of him, he'd be like, what is this disgusting thing that's on my plate? It's too rich. It's too oily. Ooh, I can see the blood. Ugh. I I was actually watching him look at all the things, and I'm just like, maybe Edia is vegetarian? I could see that. <laughs> and he will just never give a good score because he doesn't want me? But I, I will have to see. Um, yeah. So I'm not... I'm not sure. I, I believe in my otaku food theory. It's got to be ramen. It's got to be Pocky. Uh, what else is acceptable? Maybe, Weeb only food. Sushi. Maybe, maybe he'll like the croquettes and the cutlets. Mm, cutlets are bas- it basically look like pork katsu. Um, pork katsu? Yeah. I mean, like, some of the stuff is pretty basic. But yeah, I... Um, in uh, Edia Shroud's, uh, what was it, the uh, labware story, it actually has him going out for a midnight s- snack and spooking some people because he totally 100% forgot to order. It specifically, when he, they have talked about him and food in that he was supposed to like order on Grubhub or something, basically, while he was playing video games, but then he forgot and everything closed. <laughs> and then he had to go out and forage in the cafeteria and he ends up spooking the hell out of Grimm because he just he doesn't realize that Grimm is the magical cat Grimm, which I don't know how you would mistake that into the dark because Grimm also has fiery blue stuff coming out of him, which I would imagine right? is glowy. But no, yeah, so Edia just kind of reaches out for Grimm and it's like, kitty! And Grimm is like shitting himself because he thinks um, a ghost... An evil glowing ghost is coming after him because, of course, most of the probably first years and probably a lot of the student body have not seen much at all of Edia Shroud, if anything. Um, they probably do think he's a ghost. Yeah. Now, the the real question is, right, if you undercook a meal, right, can you just, like, put it above Edia's head and uh, finish it off? <laughs> I think his hair is technically fire i think though it's magical fire or like it would put everything of like a flame including his jacket yeah yeah but uh i hmm. assume that like you could put your hand through it and it like wouldn't harm you <laughs> uh hmm but it'll be so warm and cozy i'd be into it <laughs> i'd be into it nice thing about this game is that it is a college so presumably all these boys are circa around the age of 17, 18. <laughs> so, so not illegal. Not illegal. It's good to have it's, it no, not... No, there's going to be the EDIA police where they'll come and arrest you if you try to pet his hair. Oh my. That's why we're only allowed to pet Grim. Yeah, so his... I don't know. I think his hair... I, I still like the if if it's canon when Edia I guess would pass on to the next life that his hair would go out and he'd just be bald. I mean, it happened with Hades though. Uh yep. It did happen with Hades. That's um, why people don't know this, but uh Katazu and I have 
purchased some items uh, for cosplay. So now I am desperately trying to figure out how to do sharp pointy teeth for Edia. So Oh, I mean, the easiest way to do it is just to do the fangs, but yeah. they, they also make prosthetics and stuff, but like, honestly, they're hard to wear and like talk in. So unless you're doing it just for a photo shoot, I don't recommend walking around in it. Yeah. Because I, mean, I like I have done that before and it is not worth it. And I do just have some nice, simple fangs that were set with some cement. Um, to the shape of my teeth, which could be functional. Um, but I did see that I've been watching My Dress Up Darling, and they totally um, said that you could use, like, fake nails from, like, the dollar store and cut them to, like, pointy shapes. But I'm like, how do you attach that to your mouth, then? I don't know. I'm curious. I'll have to figure this out. Um... A lot of the things they say in that show seem like they're on point, but other things seem weird. Like they said uh, that machine stitching was stronger than hand stitching, which I don't believe to be true when you're using a backstitch. Um, um, I mean, if your machine does a specific type of stitch, that, but I mean in general... Like, if you're just doing straight stitch, machine is always going to beat your hand unless you have a really good hand stitch. Yeah, but who the heck does a hand stitch and just does a straight stitch unless you're just basting something? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I think that basically covers it. Um, In the uh, Culinary Crucible token shop... Uh, in addition to the magical key, culinary crucible, the magical three magical keys, um, you can also get some awakening perfumes, star shards, honey for leveling up, secret snacks, secret spread, a few candies, um, and uh, um, fire, water, flora, and cosmic spell boost bundles. So you could, if you wanted to, clear out this whole shop. For, I don't you know. could and stock up on mats if you want to go hard. I'm not. I have I have a lot of artwork too, so unfortunately I cannot. Yeah, well, that's kind of the nice thing about this event, because the actual cooking portion you can cut, skip the cutscene, and for the um, going out and collecting things, it doesn't even take any. Like, all you have to do is like every few hours just go. Yeah, go, go, go collect more things. Thanks, go collect more. <laughs> Good, you're doing your job. Awesome. So, yeah. That's about it for this event. I hope you go out and have fun cooking. Um, perhaps go and uh, enjoy some uh, vintage, vintage uh, YouTube footage of the original Iron Chef. Uh, complete with the, orig the original Iron Chef stole music from the Backdraft movie, which I know because of my husband. <laughs> so uh, that was... Unfortunately, if you buy versions of the original Iron Chef to own, um, you do not get that awesome, epic Backdraft soundtrack. Um, so if you do want to listen to awesome music from Iron Chef, just look up the Backdraft soundtrack and then you'll, you'll, get, you'll get it. Yeah, you can 
play that as you're trying to create your awesome meals and guess what ingredients to use. Oh, yeah. Oh, I one last question, just a fun one. Mm. Out of all the recipes that are here, um, so we got cabbage rolls, beef stew, steak, tomato simmered chicken, meat pie, Salisbury steak, cutlet, uh, bolognese, rice gratin, and croquettes. Uh, what is the recipe you would most like to try in real life? Mm. See, I'm not huge on large meat meals. Mm-hmm. I would probably go for the croquettes because it's basically like um, katsu. Yeah. Um, I would say, which is funny because we're picking the next, the last two ones, which might be deemed as the most hard ones to make. I would like the bolognese rice gratin. Because mm. um, that way the rice is just kind of in a tomato-y sauce on the top. Um, and I like the idea of like the rice and cheese together because you can never go wrong with melted cheese. <laughs> Unless you're lactose Unless you're lactose intolerant. intolerant, yes. In which case, uh, find a cheese alternative and then you use that cheese and melt that lactose-free cheese and... Still, you will not go wrong. Um, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and that's about it. Sounds good. Very tasty. So uh, thank you for enjoying and coming with us for episode two of uh, Heartthrobs and Broomsticks. Um, and thank you to Henry Homesweet for the song Pocket Monster uh, via freemusicarchive.org. Uh, for that song for our intro and outro. Hooray! 